0: Hello and welcome to The Personal Investor. I'm Ed Monk. Today on the show, we're talking about why this is perhaps the biggest week for stock markets and economies so far this year. Updates on interest rates on both sides of the Atlantic, plus results from some of the biggest companies in the world. The outlook for investors could look quite different by the time we hit the weekend. If you enjoy the show, please rate us, share us or leave a comment wherever you get your podcasts. As January comes to a close it feels like stock markets are about to undergo their first big tests of the year. This week we will get decisions on interest rates in the UK, Eurozone and the US as well as earnings updates from some of the largest companies in the world. By the time we hit the weekend we're likely to have a much better idea of how markets and economies are set if not for the year ahead then certainly the next few months. To talk over what this week has in store I'm joined by Tom Stevenson, Investment Director here at Fidelity. Tom welcome along um a packed diary both on the economic and the corporate news front what announcements are we waiting for this week
1: yeah it feels like a really important week actually and and i think uh the the biggest driver for well i think there are two drivers for markets one is the 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 central bank news as you say we've got interest rate decisions from three of the biggest central banks the the federal reserve in the u.s uh, the Bank of England here and the ECB. That all happens uh, within two days, uh, Wednesday and Thursday of this week. Uh, and then, as you say, we've also uh, got some big results announcements. We're right in the middle of um, earnings season at the moment. Uh, and this week really has a bit of a focus on technology stocks, which, as we know, are very important for the, the direction of the, of the big U.S. market
0: yep so let's take uh these one by one tom of most interest uh here in the uk at least if not to the stock market overall but certainly for people here in britain um is the bank of england and it announces on thursday its latest decisions on rates what's expected well i mean
1: there's uh there's pretty much consensus on what's going to happen which is that uh we're going to get another Um, half percentage point rise in the UK base rate, which will take it up to 4% um and you know just context there um at the end of 2021 we were down at 0.1 so Mm. you know that's a that's a pretty um rapid uh bit of um monetary policy tightening in the uk and some other context actually which is important is today we've just had some um some news from the international monetary fund which is looking at um uh, growth forecasts for the year ahead and uh, the UK is a, is an outlier there. The UK is the only major economy which is expected to suffer a decline in economic outlook in 2023. Um, and so that is the context within which the Bank of England is making that decision about whether to raise interest rates further. And it really um, underlines the the dilemma that it faces, that on the one hand, it's got a slowing economy. It's got an economy which has got some real headwinds in terms of the housing market, for example, rising mortgage rates um, playing out in in, in falling house prices. Uh, But at the same time, it's got an inflation problem um Mm. the the latest um wages data suggested that in the private sector if not you know not the public sector um and that's another story the differential there but in the in the private sector wages are rising at about seven percent a year so that's that's fueling um much stickier inflation
0: than the bank of england would like yeah it's uh, well we're going to come on to talk about what's happening elsewhere in the world and this possible divergence and difference between different economies um the weekend this is sort of by the by and a bit anecdotal but um you know if you want some evidence of how higher interest rates are affecting the real economy i had yet another conversation the the latest of many that i've had of someone who is having to delay a house purchase because of what's happened to mortgage rates they're unable to move from being a renter in london to a homeowner outside of london that you know that that transaction that now is not happening or is being delayed there's all sorts of related economic activity that would have been happening as a result of that house purchase which is now not happening notwithstanding the fact that that contributes to house prices falling and all the rest of it you you can see how higher interest rates do have a chilling effect on economies and it's just a question of time as you say um, of, of, of how long it's going to take before the Bank of England Feels that the economy has slowed down enough, and whether that shows up in, say, the wages uh, data that you've spoken about.
1: Yeah, because it's a kind of slow motion um, effect we're we're seeing here, and that's and that's caused in part by the prevalence of fixed rate mortgages uh, in this country. Many people, you know, fix their mortgage rates at re- relatively low levels in recent years, and as those mortgages roll over, and they have to refinance those those mortgages. Um, they're getting a real shock. many people are getting yeah. a real shock at how much their mortgages are are going up um, and that is going to spill out into the rest of the economy the The, the housing market is a really important driver of other economic um, activity. Um, you know, just for, for the simple reason that if people are spending a lot of money on their on their mortgages and their house prices are falling, so they're not feeling as wealthy, then they're just going to spend less on other things.
0: Yeah, yeah. So um, we'll get the decision. That may not be a surprise. There's also going to be some commentary. There normally is around what the MPC members have been thinking in making that decision. It's always worth watching, isn't it? Because they will try to communicate in that commentary. A sort of a, a, a message to markets and to the economy, maybe even to government around w- what they want, what they want to happen, and it's going to be interesting to see whether it's all doom and gloom or whether there is an inkling of of sort of the end being in sight. Yeah, and I think
1: that's the interesting thing this week. It's it's not so much uh, what happens to interest rates in these various uh, countries uh, that are announcing uh, this week because there's pretty broad agreement on what's likely to to happen these things tend to be uh, quite well flagged um, uh, and tend not to be a huge surprise but what's more interesting especially at the moment where we're coming apparently coming to the end of a tightening cycle is the message that the central banks give about how much further they think they're going to have to go and crucially actually how long they expect to stay at those higher levels of of interest rates because that is where there's uh, a difference between what the central banks are saying and what the
0: markets are expecting. Indeed. Well, um, let's move across the Atlantic, shall we? Um, And before that decision on Thursday at the Bank of England, we're going to get the Federal Reserve. Um, Probably a much more uh, germane decision when it comes to the stock market. Uh, What is it that markets are expecting from the Fed?
1: Well um, here we're expecting um, a slowdown um, in the rate of increase so we're, we are expecting interest rates to go up further in the US but probably this time just by a quarter of a percentage point so if you if you think back to last year um, to, to get the context for this um, rate rise um, on Wednesday tomorrow um, last year we had four three quarters of a percentage point rises and then another half point rise in uh, December. So that took interest rates in the US during 2022 from effectively zero to about 4.5%. So a really significant tightening in, in, in monetary policy. And I think the feeling now is that the Fed has probably done enough. We're beginning to see um, uh, an impact on um, uh, the the uh, the state of the economy, but more importantly on the inflation rate. So, inflation has fallen for six months on the trot. The most recent inflation reading was six and a half percent, which is significantly lower than on this side of the Atlantic. So, I think m- people are beginning to feel that uh, the Federal Reserve has acted forcefully and aggressively and that they've they've done their job now and i think that they can take their foot off the pedal uh and probably interest rates aren't going to go that much higher they're probably going to peak at at about five percent which is only half percent higher than we are now
0: and 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 that i mean to my mind tom you know that suggests if that does come to pass that um The Fed is doing a pretty good job of treading this narrow path—a path that people thought it would really struggle to tread—of getting inflation under control, whilst at the same time not hurting growth too much, and maybe not even bringing about a recession Mm. in the US. That seems uh, at least a possibility now. We started the year with some very gloomy predictions that really said, "No, it's going to be a much harder, much harder landing um, for the US economy." Contrast that to the UK—we seem to be getting sticky high inflation and really really you know damaged slowing growth maybe even recession
1: yeah that's um, exactly what it looks like it does look like the the federal reserve has has managed to pull pull off this trick of of um uh achieving you know what's called a soft landing um uh, you know gently falling uh inflation Uh, Not too much damage to to the underlying uh, economy, and it doesn't happen very often. It's actually quite rare for central banks to be able to do this. Normally, uh, they they go too far with with the interest rate hikes. They do cause a recession. It's early days yet; it remains to be seen. I mean, it is it is a narrow path towards that soft landing, but they seem to have done uh, a pretty good job.
0: And finally, on central banks, uh, a quick word on the ECB, the European Central Bank. What's expected there?
1: Well, this is another interesting situation. They're all subtly different um, uh, situations in in the various uh, countries and regions. Europe looks like it is pulling through um, its economic difficulties in much better shape than people felt even just a few months ago. You know, the feeling was that uh, a recession was a foregone conclusion uh, in Europe, uh, largely because of, um, you know, Rising um, energy costs. As we know, those energy costs have come down pretty pretty sharply. Um, the Chinese reopening uh, situation is very helpful for Europe. It's a it's a big exporting region, so having rising demand uh, in China is extremely helpful for for European industry. And I think many people feel that actually Europe might well avoid a recession now. And certainly those IMF forecasts that I mentioned before are suggesting, uh, you know, probably no growth in, in Germany, which is the engine room of, of the European economy. But places like France probably actually going to grow a little bit.
0: Spain looking quite healthy this year, 2% yeah. growth. Yeah, you
1: know, um. absolutely. So so then the issue is inflation. Inflation is still relatively high. It's in the high single, single digits, about 9%. And the ECB, the European Central Bank, has has made it clear um, that it, it, it intends to get on top of inflation. So I think the expectation there is interest rates in Europe are about 2.5%. Well, not about, they are 2.5% currently. And the expectation is that they will also rise by half a percentage point this week on Thursday, and then probably another half percent to before peaking at about 3.5%.
0: And, and you know, when, when you sort of um, survey all the central banks and, and it, is it possible to say that now we are getting more divergence in the performance of economies in the in the in their sort of place in the cycle of rate hikes, it feels like we could through this year have the US in a very, very different position from certainly the UK or Europe.
1: Yes, and I think that that will be reflected in currency markets which is which is important for economies um so i think if the if we get the sense that, that u s interest rates are going to come down before other regions uh then we may see a bit of a weakening in the dollar and and uh, and that could have an important influence on for example emerging markets which tend to uh, do better when there's a um when there's a falling Um, dollar Uh, it also has an impact on commodity prices for example the gold price so actually um, you know interest rates are important for many reasons not just about growth but also uh, about the relative performance of economies.
0: Yeah and um, as you said at the start there Tom uh, it's not only monetary policy that we're going to get an update on some pretty big companies are reporting too. in fact the biggest companies in the world practically speaking Amazon, Apple, Alphabet um, I think they're three of the five biggest. Then we've got uh, Facebook, which is uh, not no, is no longer amongst the very biggest because it's uh, shrunk a bit in the last year, but still a significant company. Spotify as well, updating on earnings. Those are going to be important, aren't they, for the direction of stock markets because it's going to give us a more complete picture about earnings in the past few months.
1: Yes. And, you know, interest rates are important um, for the direction of uh, markets, but uh, earnings are also uh, very important. And we are, as I say, right in the middle of um, earnings season. And we're at a crucial, um, you know, almost a watershed point for for earnings because uh, the expectation is, that earnings are probably not going to go anywhere this year. A bit like a bit like the economies, it's going to be a flat year. Um, earnings are not really going to grow, but analysts are still forecasting quite strong growth in earnings next year. And if we get if we achieve that, if we we had strong growth in earnings last year, if we have zero growth this year, and then maybe ten percent growth in earnings next year, that will constitute a pretty soft landing. And I think yeah. investors will see that pretty positively. And, and that will be in in combination with falling interest rates. I think investors will see that uh, as, a, as a very encouraging state of affairs and it will be good for the markets.
0: And, and just, just finally, before we end, Tom, I mean, this obviously is all contributing to a pretty positive start for stock markets in 2023. I was updating uh, a, 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 an audience recently about this and made the point that, you know, markets are always forward looking. But they they really do feel like they they're looking on the bright side here of, of a whole sequence of of of, of sort of uncertainties. They're, they're they're choosing the sort of more positive outcome, and that that that's that's true of rates. I think that's true of earnings to an extent. It's also true of an issue like China, which is moving on from its zero COVID policies. But presumably, there's a consequence of not having zero COVID policies, which is higher infection rates of COVID. What does that do to China? So. It's choosing to look through all of that at the moment. It's potentially very advantageous for markets, and that's what we've seen. But it also makes it very volatile and very uncertain.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think markets are um, priced for perfection, as they say. You know, the, it's it's very much a glass half full view of, of, of the world. And all of those good things that we're talking about, falling inflation, falling interest rates, you know, good growth, um, stable earnings, they need to happen really mm-hmm. to justify what's happened to to stock markets. So I think, uh, uh, you know, the, the risks are, are not symmetrical at the moment. I would say that, you know, that um, uh, now is a moment to be slightly cautious after a very good three months in the market since the low point in October. Wouldn't surprise me if, if we revisited those low points before we, we find ourselves on a, on a sustainable upward trajectory again.
0: Okay, wise words, Tom. That is all the time we have for now. Thanks for joining me. Thanks. You've been listening to the Money Talk podcast.
1: Check fidelity.co.uk for daily written updates and articles on these and other topics from across Fidelity in the UK. And subscribe via iTunes to get the podcast downloaded direct to your devices every week.
0: Overseas investments will be affected by movements in currency exchange rates, and investments in emerging markets can be more volatile than other, more developed markets. Reference to the specific securities should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell these securities and is included for the purposes of illustration only. Tax treatment depends on individual circumstances, and all tax rules may change in the future. Withdrawals from a pension product may not be possible until you reach age 55, 57 from 2028. This podcast may May not be reproduced or circulated without prior permission. No statements or representations made in this podcast are legally binding on Fidelity or the recipient. This podcast is meant only for UK residents and does not constitute an offer or a solicitation in any jurisdiction in which it may be unlawful to make such an offer or solicitation.